Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, which is brought to you by onpointpodcast.com. Yep, finally got our website up and running. There's hats, shirts, decals on there that you can go on there, support the podcast, get your guys some on-point gear to show everybody else that you listen to the podcast, that you do make that extra effort, that you do care about being the best you can be with your gear, hunting knowledge, all that stuff at onpointpodcast.com. All that's available, plus links to the YouTube channel, links to the podcasts for other folks that you want to get to check out the podcast. It's all there, all in one central little website. It's pretty easy to navigate. We're constantly going to be adding new hats and stickers and shirts. Uh, and, and just go on there, check it out, and let me know what you think. And if you if you have some extra money, uh, please purchase something on there. Help the podcast grow. But uh, I sincerely appreciate everybody that has supported the podcast so far and uh, just really appreciate everybody that, that takes the time to go do that. As always, leave a five-star review for the podcast if you want to help it grow even further. A comment will also get you entered in a giveaway. So uh, on Instagram currently right now, some of our giveaways is I'm giving away a free hat of your choice if you win on the Instagram post. And then there's also one for the Elk Calling Academy that we'll be posting tonight with Mike Batiste. Uh, You get two free elk calling or uh, basically lessons, elk hunting lessons from Mike Batiste. That's a $60 value that Mike and I uh, are working together to, to give you guys and uh, totally excited to see what you guys can uh, come out with after after getting those uh, two free lessons from the Elk Calling Academy. This episode, I sit down with uh, Naldo Sherpa, who is a uh, taxidermy, that's his uh, Instagram name, but uh, Wayne from Wayne's Taxidermy, and I sit down with uh, Dirty Trad, Anthony Maldonado, and we basically go over Blacktail episode 2.0. So the first one was pretty popular. Guys really enjoyed it, got a lot of good information out of it. But there's still a request for more information there because there's just not a lot of information when it comes to late season Blacktail tactics. And Wayne has pretty much got it figured out through years and years and years of t- t- trial and error. And then uh, finds some things that he- works for him and uh, shares that with everybody on the podcast. So Anthony and I... We're soaking up uh, all the information, at, trying to ask as many good questions as we can, and hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast. Now, I will say that I severely edited this podcast. It was over; it was about an hour or two hours and twenty minutes long. It's now down closer to about an hour and a half. And so the reason being is that this was going to be a uncut uh, episode, but I also wanted to make a uh, cutted, uh, edited clean version for you know because i want everybody to listen to this podcast whether you're 12 whether you're 30 50 60 whatever and so i want to make a clean version as well i'm also going to upload more of a explicit version um there's there's good there's going to be a a no edit version coming out so if you don't get easily offended if you don't mind language if you don't mind some crazy stories uh, and there's there's definitely some really weird rabbit holes we go down uh listen to that podcast give me your feedback it's 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 substantially longer and you will hear the difference or just go straight to that one and check it out but outside of that guys i appreciate you tuning into the podcast super excited the uh you know the youtube channel is growing the podcast is growing and now that we have the uh, website up and running hopefully we can grow there as well and it'll just snowball but as always guys i'll see you at the end of the episode 
Till then, bye. <laughs> but um, so let's get started here. Let's get started. So the first episode we did together, us three, was actually a pretty popular episode, and a lot of guys around here really appreciated it because you don't get a lot of it. You um, don't. Um, I had some guys on even my small Instagram get a hold of me. Go, I really enjoyed that. The the blacktail mm-hmm. one. Well, because I'll tell you, you don't hear it. There's not a lot of rutting, rattling blacktail strategies out there, at least right. that I've seen. It's because no one knows anything. There's about not hardly <laughs> any footage of legit blacktail rutting activity, grunts, you know, all the stuff you right. talked to me about the other day. There's just right. not a lot of it out there. So when somebody gets it, especially here locally, they, it takes off. So Well, I, I also don't think – I think a lot of the podcasts and a lot of stuff, guys aren't coming out here really telling – their tricks and strategies and things. I don't think a lot of guys are doing that. Maybe they're promoting themselves. I don't know, but I'm not here. Listen, I'm not going to be here forever. Hunting's going away. Um, I'm also in the business for you guys to do good. Well, right. I'm a taxidermist. Hunting's going away. Hunting's going away. What do you mean by that? Well, I think it's going away as we know it. Um, You know, I feel like, I mean, let's, let's face it. You go out on public land it's not very good. It really isn't. Not <laughs> no. compared to what it was 25 years ago. You guys were in your infancy. Yeah. And I was like your age, and I, I was able to cut my – it was okay to screw up on a deer. That's mm. no big deal because you're probably going to see three or four more yeah. later that day. Well, you you better not be fouling up <clears throat> nowadays. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember if that was on the last podcast or when uh, me and you talked not too long ago on the phone, but I've seen it. Just, it used to be even say ten years ago, I'd see oh, yeah. ten years eight for sure. eight bucks a day mm-hmm. during late season. Now you're lucky to see, at least me, I'm lucky to see eight bucks during late season. I know. Yeah. So it used to be you know close to ten bucks a day. Now it's like I'm lucky to see ten bucks during late season. Yeah. We well, passed up three this year with Kim. And I'm not talking good bucks. I'm just it. talking bucks. Yeah. Okay. And of those three, how many of them were like, oh my god, zero. Exactly. Yeah. So in in the past, I'll, I'll say ten. Th- that's the last time I really. Saw, well, let's see. 2012 was the last time I saw it good. So that's six years ago, almost ten. That particular year, we saw several <laughs> several bucks in that 130 plus class, which to me is you know that's that's a, that's a good black that's tail. That's a good black tail. <clears throat> so that's never happened again. Um, and the years before that, I might see three or four of them in a year. It didn't mean I could kill them, but mm-hmm. I'd see them. They're going away. Um, I, why? I don't know. I think I, all of us have a good idea why Oregon's failing. Right. right? You know, cougars, overhunting, right. disease, hoof rot. You know, I've heard it all. And nobody's on our side. No. It, and mm-hmm. and we are so complacent as hunters, which just drives me freaking batty. Yeah. We pay for our tags. We buy all the crap that they're shoveling down our throats because we think we need it. And we go out there, and sometimes we're successful. A lot of times, most of us aren't. And we never throw a fit. We ain't never bitching about it except for to each other. And that's yeah. not working. Well, At some point, you got to belly up yeah. and say, look, we need stuff done to get this back on track. We got one guy that says, isn't the total number of hunters going down? And the trends, they went – they they – Re, the rebounding, from what I understand, and I you think know, it's also geographically I, I in would, certain areas. I will too. argue that point till my grave. How could they be going down? Look at the populace. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'm almost fifty, so the huge difference between you guys and me, right? But when I was a kid, there weren't this many people. There's this many people now. 
maybe it's just because most of the people I know are hunters, mm. but I don't think so. I think there's more. I there's think there's more. more. You got guys like I Joe think, Rogan, I think yeah. Cameron Haynes. Yeah, I think bow hunting has gotten more. Just bow hunting. I'm not talking hunting, but bow I, hunting has gotten more popular. I think popular. the whole thing, the industry has blown up. You've got Duck Dynasty, Primos. I mean, when I was a kid, you want to know something about hunting, you went down to the damn grocery store, you begged your mom to buy you a field and stream. She may say, yeah, go ahead and get it. She may slap you in the head, well, depending did. on what your mom was like. Mine usually <laughs> said, shut up and go get what I told you to get. Yeah. You know? Um that you read it, you found it that way, and now it's right at your fingertips. Anything yeah. you want to know, anything you want to buy, if you've got the dough, they got it. It's waiting there. They want you to buy it, right. you know. Does that include podcasts? What do you mean? Anything that you want to know, you can just go out and get it. I don't know about that because I don't <laughs> listen to enough of them. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't – I just – you know, I can't. First off, I have sucky internet. Mm. So if I want to listen to a podcast, I have to be sitting in my house. Well, I can't get shit stuff done <laughs> when I'm sitting in the house. Um, I keep forgetting we're live. So yeah. um, anyway, that's okay. People are eating it up. You know, I think I think we got five viewers every f bomb. Well, you know, it is what it is. I'm kidding. So you know, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into this blacktail talk. Look, okay. Let's start, go ahead. So we're, we're going to expand off of the first episode, right? So we went into calling tactics, which we're going to go into. I see you got your, your you know, like I said, leave it to a taxidermist to bring in, a, you know, what, 140, let's say 140 maybe. inch, 100. High 130s. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say 135, 140 inch buck. And then uh, expand more on the call setup. So, yeah. So what I want to do is I want to reel it back a little bit from right now. Okay. We're talking, it's November 14th. Okay, so I really have kind of a, I, I, I was on a ranch every day for mm-hmm. the month of October, so I can tell you what I saw there. And I base what I'm seeing on that ranch off of what's going on in places that I hunt, because it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So right around the 11th or 12th, I, I saw my first buck starting to chase does mm. of October, okay? Um, about October 26th, it was on them deer 27th i think it was it was a saturday those deer were running does everywhere i I had a client out here from missouri hell it was hard to shoot a deer because it wouldn't stop Mm -hmm. they were just going nuts um i watched two bucks snort wheezing and they did it like four times that's a sound that it's a vocalization that you don't hardly ever hear right and i realized that this little thing right here it, it, it can't duplicate it I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I practice every day in the shop, and it's like, no, nah, that ain't what it sounded like. How in the heck do they do that? The funny thing about these bucks were is they would snort wheeze, so they'd, they'd initially inhale, and you could hear it, and it was like a high pitch. It was like, hee and then they'd be all puffed up, right? They never attacked each other. They'd just tear up poison oak. Hmm. And then they do that, and then they'd circle each other all bristled up and then rub on poison oak. Do you think that's a blacktail thing, or do you think you would get that with whitetails here? No, I think whitetails would probably duke it out. Yeah. But here's the interesting fact about this whole scenario and what I wanted to get at. Mm -hmm. These deer were doing this, snort wheezing, circling each other. They did it, like I said, maybe four times, right? Mm -hmm. There's a doe there. They're so focused on each other that out of nowhere— comes some other buck and i mean he wasn't nothing compared to them Hmm. and he just dropped his head hit that doe right in the rear end and 
and ran her out of there. <laughs> and these two guys are still sitting there tearing up poison oak and snorweezing. Well, why? You know, he I've came always and heard. Stole them. Why do you think that rattling works? Because there's a third buck coming in there to steal the doe. That's just it. And so that's what I've always heard. I think if you have high buck to doe densities, mm-hmm. like obviously right here in town, we mm-hmm. have that. You know, there's a lot of bucks here. Um, you, you have better odds. So rattling that weekend or that, you know, in October mm-hmm. would have been great that weekend there, right? October 27th. I think last week here, mm-hmm. um, just driving back and forth on the freeway, you see the <laughs> amount of dead deer. I, I mean, was going to say, that's how you know the so, rut's on. <laughs> right. They're, they're full on chasing right now. So yeah. they're not even standing with does. I didn't see them really standing with does until, um, would have been November 4th, I think, the last day of the youth weekend. Hmm. In the valley. Yep. Okay, so we're not talking about everywhere else. We're talking about in the valley. And so after all that time, we're talking November or October 14th. Now we're November 4th. Now the, the bigger bucks that I've seen on the ranch are showing up, and they're standing with does. Hmm. So that's where we're a couple weeks behind that, right? When you're hunting public land, right? Whether it's the Coast Range or the Cascades, it's it's off of what's happening right here in Roseburg proper. Hmm. Okay, so I know that for a fact. So I'm guessing next week, mm-hmm. not next week. Next week it'll start. I think you'll you'll have a couple of good days. Probably Sunday, Monday, Tuesday might be good. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a lull Wednesday and Thursday. So Thanksgiving and the day before. And then I think that next weekend and the week after that yeah. should be off the hook. And that's when the biggest yeah. of the big bucks are going to come out. Well, I, I from my experience with hunting, you know, um, east I-5 late season, uh, it seems like the week and weekend of Thanksgiving is always the hottest weekend around here for um, for buck activity. And that's usually when I see the 130s or the 140s. You know, right. that's when I start seeing the really stupid big bucks. And you know why, right? Mm-mm. Because... They don't play this chase BS that these younger bucks are doing. They've mm-hmm. already been down that road. They know what's going on. When these deer are chasing does all the time, mm-hmm. these does aren't ready. They're just scent checking them. They're just seeing. They know that they're coming, but they're not ready. This big buck ain't going to waste his energy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do it. It's almost like a big bull letting the satellites gather the herds and then yep. him sneaking in there. And then yep. he comes in and runs everybody yep. off. Yeah. And yeah. Thank At you for getting my stuff. At the beginning of bow season, you'll see this <laughs> little five-point with 15 right. cows. You're like, how is that possible? Well, yeah, because the big bull's like, yeah, right. whatever. It's similar. we got a question wanna... for you. Okay, what's the question? Moon phase. Moon phase. I'm, you know me. I'm big into having full moon, right? Mm-hmm. But full moon peak of full moon like the full moon i think it's wednesday the day before thanksgiving is Mm. full moon usually i haven't had a lot of success on On that day on the peak usually that day and the next day the downside is better but you will get a couple days that's why i say sunday monday maybe tuesday Mm -hmm. should be okay then it's going to have a little lull and then it's going to do nothing but get better after that Mm. i think well I'll, i'll say this if it's during the rut and it's full moon, it's not sure. It's sure as hell not going to prevent me from going out in the woods. Anything can happen during the rut. Absolutely, but, man. You know, so when we say this, don't feel like you have to wait for that day. If you got time to go, you should be out in the woods during the rut. Yeah, period. And, and I think what I mean when I say full moon, hunting a full moon, yeah. I'm saying better daytime activity, which means okay. you might not see them at seven thirty in the morning when it's just breaking light, right? Mm-hmm. But you might see them at two o'clock in the afternoon. 
So while right. everybody's down here at Dickie Joe's getting a hangover, your butt <laughs> should not be there. With well, and them. if you think about it, it's getting dark at four or four thirty in the yeah, timber. So, I mean, yeah. you're right there at peak time. You need to suck it up, toughen yeah. up, and be out there all day. This is the time to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, so, let's put it this way. So if I'm going out and I'm hunting out in the woods and you got clear cuts, we got, um, let's say that we're, we're hunting fairly low. We still got oaks and madrones and all that stuff. If he's hunting out in the woods, <laughs> not like inside Walmart, <laughs> out in the woods. I just wanted to make yeah. sure. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> where would you, where, how do you pick a, a calling setup? Because most of the guys or bucks that I see tending does typically seem to be in that nice open wooded area. They're not... Some of them are in the thick stuff, and maybe that's why I don't see them in the thick stuff because it's harder. But I see a lot in, like, these semi-wooded areas, um, sometimes on private property out in the open field. But a lot of a lot of what I've seen has been in that 50, 60-yard shot kind of thinned areas. That's back when I we talked about this before. I call that a transition area. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's that the open field's usually where they like to feed, mm-hmm. right? But then that transition area, there's some feed in there. And then that's usually right on the edge of where they like to bed. Mm. Okay. So how I pick a setup. Let's let's talk about some things that we know about deer. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know that um, obviously it's the rut, right? So we're going to be hunting does. We're not necessarily looking for the bucks. If we know the bucks are going to be in there. If you, if you know where the does are hanging out, you should be able to find the bucks. But more importantly, let's talk about how deer use terrain to their advantage okay okay um how many of us has spooked a buck and he's standing out on some open ridge usually when we see bucks you know let's just say from a distance Mm -hmm. they're doing one of two things they're either out on some ridge line doing whatever they're doing or they're running along a cutting line Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. if you booger him what's he do go straight out or he finds a little depression, and how many times you seen a deer? There he is, down. and now he's gone. Like, where did he go? And you get over there, and it's like, oh, there was a little swale in That there. happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. They use terrain to their advantage. So if you find a likely spot, and I can do some diagrams here. Yeah. If you find a likely spot, you're going to want to set up on those terrain advantages for the deer. Hmm. The wind's going to be different in there. When Okay, so when you see a buck cruising a timber line, mm-hmm. he's not cruising a timber line because he's like, yeah, I just like to stay right on the edge of the clear cut in the timber. <laughs> Easy this walking. This is cool. <laughs> it's because the wind channels off through that timber, down through the clear cut, back and forth, and it's like these big loops that go up and down and up and down, just like this. And he's cruising that until he hits the wind channel with the doe in it, and then, it, well, wherever she is, he's gone. Mm. That's where he goes. That's what he's doing. He's covering more ground, going cutting all those wind channels mm-hmm. until he finds what he wants and he goes in. That's smart. I never even thought of that. Well, I mean, that's what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he can't see every doe. And they're going to, you know, they're like anything else. They're lazy, man. They're, they don't want to, they they're not going to walk up and down each and every run one. So they're going to crosswind it, mm-hmm. right, till they get what they want. That's how most of us get busted Hmm. also, right? Crosswind. They hear you calling. Oh, I can't see him. Well, if I drop down below him or I come across, have the wind in his advantage, he's going to get it, Mm -hmm. right? Then he's just going to cruise and cruise and cruise and cruise until he finds that deer he's hearing and he's going right to it. But guess what? If it ain't a deer he's hearing, if it's old moldy nasty butt, (laughs) gigs up. It's over, (laughs) right? Right. So the whole idea 
is similar, the way we've been successful, is similar to an elk setup. I'm trying to call this deer through my buddy. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're trying to get that deer. He, he, You know he wants to come through to you, and he's going to want to circle around and catch your wind, but the whole idea is to get him to cut in front of your hunting partner. When calling deer, you, 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 man, you can do it on your own, but it's a lot easier if you've got somebody else to kill this bitch because, hmm. you know, it's it's hard to do both. You're, most of the time you're going to get caught with crap in your hands. Right. You can be up here like this. <laughs> it doesn't work. Right. So if you've got a partner that can, you know, get in, in an advantageous spot, mm-hmm. then you can usually screw them. I mean, you know, it, it, it does come down to movement. Obviously, they're looking for you. Um, natural blinds are great. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Get yourself in there to where you can see that maybe you only have a shot here and maybe a shot here, and it's going to, you know, allow you to be able to draw mm-hmm. and do things like that. Talking about shooting lanes, I've thought about doing this, and I'm not actually uh, – I've never actually done it. I'm not ambitious enough to actually go out and do it. Have you either of you guys ever actually gone through the woods, cut out lanes, and then tried to funnel them into, yeah, like, so use the brush to funnel them into where, where you my, to go? Where the blind is right now uh-huh. is, it's more of a natural funnel, but I made shooting lanes in there for her. Did you put so, brush in areas so they had to go? No. So, what I mean by natural is, so, it it's flat for about 75 yards, and mm-hmm. then it dumps way off, and then it's flat again, and that's that flat section is where this blind is, then it dumps off again. Well... Mm-hmm. Right at the end of this dump, there's only a small section that's like dirt. The rest of it's rock bluff. Hmm. So they have, they're either going to be on the upside of that or they have to be on the bottom side, which puts them within 30 yards because they obviously they're not mountain. I mean, it's like sheer rock. Hmm. So they're not going to try to maneuver on a rock face when they can just walk on the bottom. Right. Right. So that's where that's at. So, and then obviously I brushed the blind and stuff, but no, I use that natural funnel. Hmm. Because I know they're not, like I said, they could be on the upside of it, I guess. But. I just always wondered about cutting brush out for lanes <clears throat> and then actually putting that brush just strategically in areas to get. To make them. Yeah. Guys do it. I've never done yeah, it. I've never Generally, had either. It makes sense. use trees and stuff like that. I, I try not to be cutting a whole bunch of stuff. Like I like to find those big fir trees or whatever cedars where the branches come all the way to the ground and I can tuck myself back in there. Hmm. And depending on whether I want to be standing up or sitting down or whatever I want, I always take a pair of like nippers and I'll just clip off. Okay. This is all I need. Okay. I got plenty of room in here. Boom. I'm, I'm good hmm. to go. Interesting. You know, I need to get him here or here or it ain't going to happen. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it just depends. Yeah, no, that's so. that's really interesting. So going in, you're holding a uh, snort wheeze looking thing. What is uh, that? I just picked it up. Yeah, it's a grunt tube slash snort wheeze tube. You know, you... or I usually use it like if a doe blows. Mm-hmm. I'll blow hmm. back at her. Hmm. You know, and a lot of times it's just like confusing. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's almost kinda, like barking back at a yeah, neck. They're yeah. kind of dizzy, and so sometimes you it, it'll just calm them down enough to where they'll shut up. Yeah, and you can move on. Uh, you know, anytime you're moving in the woods in the dark, you're liable to get a doe get to blowing. Yep. And so if you can sound like another doe blowing, it's like, oh, what are these idiots all worked up over? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But when it's dead silent and she's the only one making noise. 
usually after that you hear the thumpity thump and now they're gone yeah um if anything you can do to trick them or manipulate them into thinking that you're something normal Mm -hmm. i try and do that so let's go into that a little bit more so when would you um, because we're talking about having densely populated buck areas if you have a not so densely populated buck area would you use less rattling tactics more calling tactics yes okay yes as a matter of fact I don't rattle much. Really? I, I, I'll go back over that again. I use these for two different reasons. Um, in the past, I put this little orange thing on here, and mm-hmm. obviously we're not seeing it now. But I'll, I'll um, take a picture of it for you. So you could do you can supplement this with a lot of things. Oh, my God. <laughs> my phone. I didn't turn it down. I'm going to turn it down. Um, there you go. You can, uh, Christ, noob, (laughs) man. I mean, seriously, you guys, Uh, oh, we invited him. Yeah, Yeah. I already, oh, Jesus. Here's the thing I already said I'm almost 50. You expect me to play with this goddamn phone and be able to manipulate it. I don't even know nothing about it. I'm lucky I can answer the thing. So, anyway, screw uh, you guys. We like to uh, use these orange deals. It doesn't. It. Does, I brought this today because it was something I looked at and I thought, oh well, you know, I want. You could probably get away with that. Uh-huh. So I was talking earlier about setting up to where your hunting partner can see you mm-hmm. because you can see stuff he can't. And this is a great flagging method if you can get away with it, and you better be paying attention to the deer. This is a good way to warn him. Hey something's coming Mm -hmm. you better get ready you know uh in the past we've used little sticks that we just wrap with flagger tape orange flagger tape Mm -hmm. it didn't we originally tried to do it with just this white antler hey if i see something i'll hold the white antler up well Hmm. that is about the same color as a lot of stuff in the woods (laughs) so it didn't work he's like i didn't see it i didn't see it well were you paying for i was looking you know (laughs) so i was like okay we got to do something different so then I tried like a beanie cap that I could just pull out of my coat mm-hmm. and it got us busted mm. and I got all pissed and butthurt about it. So I said, okay, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> so then we went to the sticks to where, you know, I'll have it sitting here. And if you see that come into my shooting lane, so it's just a very slight movement and mm-hmm. I can do it when the deer can't see me, you know, something's coming up. So mm. yeah, I'll watch around, but every once in a while, you know, or quite a bit, it's kind of like checking your mirrors every two seconds, man. You need to be looking over here too, you know, and make sure, cause I might see something you don't mm. that you can't hear, but this is a great thing. And you could have it right there on the antler and still work them and be like, Hey, you know, I mean, don't do that, but <laughs> obviously <laughs> hey you guys so th- it's a it's a great tool if you you know anything orange to to say hey man something's coming mm-hmm. so get ready and get your stuff situated you can't always you know it's up to them really it's always been up to tyler i can't be like yeah shoot this buck mm-hmm. if, if we're in a setup like this because i can't say a word mm-hmm. and i may flag him because i just see a deer coming it could be a little fork and horn and and it has been before you know, and it's just like, oh, well, I, I got him all riled up over nothing. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. He still needed to be ready, right? Because it could have been the big boy. So think about that. If you're setting up hunting with somebody else, you need to have a way so that they know that you can give them a heads up. Hmm. Okay. So 
where are we going with this? We were we were heading towards when are you going to be calling or when are you going to be rattling? Okay, and stuff, right. So you say I don't. You asked if I rattled a lot during the late season, and I don't. And the reason I don't is because I don't think they're really getting at it too often. Hmm. Will they? Yeah, they'll probably. You know, if if a couple of bucks meet up, they're probably going to fight over a doe, but. If, I, if I don't think they're like whitetails. Well, they're not like whitetails. And the other thing is, is if you're talking about a place that doesn't have a whole lot of bucks, yeah. likelihood of two bucks running into each other, probably slim and none anyway. Yeah. So I mainly use antlers to make thumping noises on the ground. Uh, like I said before, if I'm doing a tending grunt, I like to hunt right on the edge of that thick stuff. Like I like as a collar to be in the thick stuff. Mm. And then I'll drag this thing across the brush because there's no buck on the planet that can walk through thick stuff and not be hitting his. So, I mean, I'm just like lightly tink to tink, 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 dragging it across the stuff. So it sounds like he's walking through that. Okay. And his antlers are clicking off or whatever. It, it, they don't make a lot of noise, but they make enough. Yeah. I think that's been our key clincher. Hmm. Cause now, I sound more like a deer than anybody else out there. Hmm. Well, I'm I don't not, know very little anybody else doing that. I go out there and I'm crashing antlers together, and we get one right. or maybe two a year to come in, and then you know if we get one to come in, we're fired up. Right, and and if you're crashing antlers again, it's just like we said, they're not like whitetails. Mm-hmm. I think you're going over the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure they'll get into it sometimes, but a lot of times it's really not that aggressive. Mm. I mean, I haven't ever seen two black tail bucks really getting with it, but I know they do sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not foolish enough to think they don't. So I know they do. I just personally haven't ever witnessed it. They're usually just kind of that back and forth push, you know. I mean, you hear the the antlers, but it isn't like, you know, just, they're just kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's more pushing than anything. It is. And yeah. when I, when I'm, when I'm rattling, I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm rethinking videos I've seen where bucks are doing it. And I'm like trying to, it's really jerky, like. Right. That it kind is. of thing. It's not just constantly crashing them together. It's, right. No, it isn't. Two yeah. days so. ago, I did a little rattling sequence, and that I thought of our first podcast. Like, don't. Because I used to be guilty of that, just <laughs> yeah. freaking banging them together. Yeah. Just be soft. Yeah. Barely do it. And kind of maybe work up a little bit. But, mm-hmm. yeah. That's always. That was from the first one. That's, you know. Always start out lighter. Mm-hmm. Because he could be just right there. You don't know. If you yeah, can't see it. Yards you know, well, I think I actually used your tips before we even did the podcast, I think. Um last year and it was that first one of the only times i i rattled last year and i started light and before i could even get into the heavy within two two minutes we had that buck on top of us he was right there somewhere. he was right there yeah. somewhere yeah i mean and i've called in a lot of bucks without using rattling antlers just by using a simple i'll, I'll do a little doe bleat a mm-hmm. little tending grind give me one real quick little doe bleat yeah and get a little doe bleat let me get this thing out of my face yeah <laughs> Is this when you suck? Man, it's been a while. No, you don't mm. suck, you blow. Well, <laughs> That's what you were doing wrong. <laughs> That's the difference. Damn. Anthony sucked. Oh. See, you suck. <laughs> no sound. I wonder if you sucked in that thing the opposite way, if it would work. Hey, there we go. That's next level. There you go. Next level. That might even Sounds reduce different. condensation. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah, because you're sucking into it. It's and it's harder. quieter. It's more muffled. Yeah. It's got a different sound to it, though. You know, it does. If if you... Right? I've never heard a doe that sounds like that. Let me... 
I mean, Jesus, see, all kinds. Sounds of like you're strangling it. <laughs> yeah, I've never it's heard dying. one. I wonder if this this little Primos can's like the Hoochie Mama of the but Elkwoods. If you you know, take all Primos calls. <laughs> if you just light like that, huh? That's man, that's all you got to do. Hmm. And then I'll tending grunt, which I don't know where my Larry Jones. Yeah, here's my old Larry Jones. He is uh, getting old. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, you know, hey, you're he's just like gonna... 80 now. Mm. That's it. That's it. And then I'll I'll drag this across there to make it sound like they're moving. Sometimes I'll poom, 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 you know, thump the ground three times or mm. four times or make a little bit of noise like you maybe pushed or, or did something. And I try and keep it, you know, as the caller, I'm in the thicker stuff. And the other guy's just outside of that. Yeah. So you're focusing on those transition areas. I'm focusing on the transition areas. Because you... that's where you have the best visual. Yeah. Bottom line. I mean, <laughs> you get in that stuff, you can't see 10 feet. Right. I mean, you ain't drawing on him. Right. You're going to bust him. I've called him into the into the 60-yard stuff, um, rattling by myself, using a log kind of as a big blind, and I'd keep the right. antlers down low and stuff. And then, you know, I always I – always kept getting busted you know i i called in two bucks that was one one of the only times i ever called in multiple bucks on a on a stand that i saw and uh they're just coming in so weary oh yeah you know i mean and and they're all different that's the funny thing some will run in and mm-hmm. man i hate the ones that are running because usually they'll just keep running <laughs> like you can't see ya. <laughs> they're gone you can't do anything to stop them they yeah. just keep going a lot of times though there's bucks there that you don't even see. Yeah. Um, I was actually talking to somebody who said they were rattling in. They were trying to rattle some deer in this weekend. He said he rattled for a little while, got his stuff together, and then the buck spooked. Oh. I'm like, yep, been there before. That, <laughs> rule number one, when you make a calling sequence, mm-hmm. the last one you do, you sit there for a long time. How long and, are we talking? 30 to 40 minutes really so you already get it with your partner what you're doing or with yourself like okay we're gonna sit here and do like three calling sequences and after the third one we'll sit for 30 40 minutes and then we're done really because you want to make damn sure there's not one standing there because hmm. they mm-hmm. come in so quiet right mm-hmm. and we've actually hunted areas that they have to try and make noise or where we we try to increase the chance of us hearing them like right a, but it's hard for deer. It is hard. Boy, They're so quiet. Is. Sitting in that blind here recently, um, Shelby was on the left side of it, and there's a window over there. Obviously, it was closed, but I told her in the, that funnel I was telling you about just a minute ago. Right. There's a bunch of deer sign stuff over there, so you got to keep just peering out and looking at that sign. She goes, well, when I hear them, no. If they're just cruising through, if they're not really moving, you're not going to hear them on that soft dirt. They're deer. Oh, no. They're, yeah. They'll cruise right by us. We'll never know. Well, think about how quiet a bull could be when he's yeah. coming oh, in. Yeah. You're yeah. You're talking about a freaking deer. Yeah. Th- yeah. They usually just kind of appear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I like to make sure when I'm done calling that I'll sit there for probably 15 to 20 minutes easy. And then if nothing has shown up, nothing has moved, then I like to slowly work my binos up and look over everything and make sure you don't see his little white face peeking through looking around because sometimes they'll stand in that thick stuff they're smart man right they're you're sitting here making noise sound like a deer but there ain't no deer yeah you ever use like a like a decoy or anything like that 
I have in the past used some Montana decoys. Really? I've had it work both ways. I've had it hang them. I've never had one walk up to one. Hmm. Like you'll see, like the 3D ones you see on yeah. TV, and they come and just destroy it or try yeah. and breed it. Right. I've never had one do that. Hmm. I've had it had them hang up and look at it like, what the heck? But most of them have spooked <laughs> because all of a sudden, because it's two-dimensional, yeah. I think. Like they're walking – and then all of a sudden, here's this deer. Like, whoa, this somebody's just popped out of the ground. Right. I, that's what I've noticed. I'm not saying other guys haven't had success. That's been my experience with it. So I typically don't use one. But let's talk about some other things you can use, okay. right? Let's, let's say sense. let's say you scents are great. That's where I'm going. So let's say you know there's a buck working an area rubs you know he's there maybe you've even seen him maybe you hunt a little piece and on the way to work it's like oh that sucker's right there with these does Mm -hmm. he probably ain't going nowhere for a couple days there's two things you can do there's a lot of guys that go out there and you've seen them probably and they put their cameras on it they make their own rub Mm -hmm. on it on a post right Mm -hmm. well all i've seen them doing is throwing deer pee around the bottom of it and rubbing this thing to make it look like a rub that's not a great mock rub you want a great mock rub when your wife shoots that deer you need to skin him down to the eyeballs right in front of the antlers and keep that piece of hide put it in the freezer Mm -hmm. i'm gonna tell you why in a minute you need to take those tarsal glands I was thinking about that. Tarsal glands are super important. You know, like I said, I'll go back to just being on the ranch and and guiding these guys. I'm cutting every tarsal gland off. I Mm. put it in the freezer. Can you guys have some? No. Mine. (laughs) I cut them off. I smelled for it. I'm keeping them. But other guys that just want the antlers, I'll, I'll scalp that thing up to the eyeballs. Put it in the freezer also. So when I go make a mock rub, let's say we haven't hunted a piece, but we're going to go hunt it. We go through there, and we didn't see a deer, but we see all these rubs on giant trees. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to the truck, getting in that cooler. I'm going to come up there, and I'm going to go right next to it and make another one. And with gloves, wearing gloves, I'm going to take that scalp hair side Mm -hmm. and rub the hell out of that tree Mm. because they have an orbital gland. You know, you see these bucks that have different, tops some are dark some you know the more mature they are usually the darker it gets that's that's just because they've rubbed it more right it's darkening it up and they're putting that scent that's in that gland on that forehead it's all over that hair rub it on there you just Mm -hmm. tricked them try not to try to spray your boots too because you're walking up to this thing right Mm -hmm. i don't believe in just dousing myself with this stuff but i'll spray my boots Mm. especially if i've been in a pickup and then I'll walk up there, rubber glove, and I'll I'll just rub the hell out of that thing, and I never touch it with my bare hands. Interesting. The other thing I'll do is once I do that and I know that buck's there, I'll go find another place that's six, seven feet up in the air, and I tie on that tarsal gland. I'll pull a branch down, tie it on there, and let it go. And now that, that buck has a different scent, right? He don't belong there. He already knows he don't. Plus, he's rubbing my trees. <laughs> I don't think so. That's going to bring that buck, but he's going to be looking. So now when you go back in and you use these tactics with the little doe bleat and the tending grunt and the noise, he's like, there, that son of a bitch is. And (laughs) I'm telling you, it will up your game. So you're kind of just, you're really creating this scenario, not just going in there, hitting and quitting. You're going to go in there and you find the right spot. Because we've had plenty of these areas. I'm sure every blacktail hunter has. Sure. And uh, you're creating this buildup. You know, how how, would you ever put a blind up and sit on that and wait? 
I have. Or a tree stand? I have. I've done both, and I hate both. Because you get your scent in there, or what? Well, yeah. The longer you stay in, boring, (laughs) boring. Number one, number two, cold as hell. Mm -hmm. The worst part is, is yeah. Over time, you're putting your scent in there because you just keep going back and keep going back. I'll go in there and hunt one day and be like, oh my god, look at this! I didn't realize this was in there because maybe I haven't been in there for a year. Mm And then that's when I'm going to make the setup. I could go in there and it's like, well, nothing's been going on. So there's no reason for me to put a tarsal gland out. Mm -hmm. But I'll usually, if weather, you know, wind and everything permitting, I'll do that. And then the very next day I'm in there again. Hmm. And and I'm trying to get this deer to to commit to my rouge, if you will. Because that's what you're doing. You're trying to make him believe that all of a sudden somebody new moved in and they don't dig that crap. Yeah, they don't, especially if he's been holding down that fort, hmm. you know. Well, I've noticed that if you can get inside of a you know a buck or a bull or whatever you name it, you get inside their wheelhouse where they want to be. It doesn't really matter as long as you can imitate that com- competition. That's it. It'll work. That's it. So, but so I'm not using it with synthetic crap. I'm not going down to your local goodie store and buying tink 69 and one deer one bottle and i'm not Mm. dogging that stuff i'm sure it works fine but why would i do that when i have access to the real thing right the real mccoy you know put it in a a ziploc you know seal it up in your vacuum sealer whatever it takes put it in the freezer it's going to be fresh the only one. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm a rookie. Oh. <laughs> I'm a rookie. Oh, oh my gosh. No, so now I'm really going to talk it's trash. Anthony, right? It's Anthony's turn now. Yeah, no, you I'm better turn sure. your See, I now. thought I turned mine on silent, but apparently yeah, well, I didn't. Some people think they do good things, and they don't. <laughs> but, so that's the whole gig here is you're trying to imitate. You're trying to be a deer as much as you can. And I don't think, I don't think for years, these guys have done that. They go in there, they do what they've seen on TV, on YouTube, on Primos, on whatever. And I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I hear a lot of guys say, Hey man, you know, we're, we're, I've tried rattling a bunch of time. It don't do me no good. Well then add some flavor to it. uh, You don't even know if it worked or not. (laughs) You know what I mean? With blacktails, they're not coming in. We Here talked about I this am. last time. They're not yeah. coming in bugling. They're not coming in. Well, how do you? How do you? What do you mean you don't know if it works or not? Because well, if now some bitch is laying there dead, and I just <laughs> no, put an arrow to him. Like, guess what? It fucking works. He could so, come and go, and you wouldn't even know. Yeah, sometimes. you can. <laughs> you can set up rattle for ten minutes, and if you're leaving five minutes later, a buck might have come your way. But you already abandoned your plan. Well, that's why I say, that's why I go back to saying, man, you need just to sit, sit there for 30, just, 40 minutes and yeah. make sure that it's been quiet long enough that probably not going to show up at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah, because, yeah. you know. I mean, like I said earlier, with the banging the horns together, I was guilty of that, too. I'd We'd rattle for 10, 15 minutes, do whatever, and leave five minutes later. Well, something could have wandered by, you know. Yeah. Right. I don't know. So, you know, let's go back to, noise. to terrain. So Anthony was talking about, basically, it sounds like you're, you've got your blind set up on a little bench. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, right? Yep. We all know deer like to be on benches. You know, they're going to they're gonna pick an easy route. I like to look for ones that, you know, it's steep up above, it's steep down below, and usually steep off a third side, but maybe kind of tapers down mm-hmm. into a draw on the other side. They're usually going to be coming up out of that taper. That's exactly where this you one know is. What I'm, so they're coming up, right? You see, yeah. I mean, they've been around a little bit. I ain't no spring chicken like some people. A lot of times they're coming from the, the top side. 
the top side, uh, but they're they yeah they are working down that. It's still steep behind that blind, but it's not above and below it are way steeper. Right. But it's so, just a little bench, and they're just working their way down. That's what you you want to find those setups. A lot of the stuff mm. that I hunt in in the high country, it's relatively flat, so you're dying to find a place with some terrain features and. Just like what you've got right there, those are perfect examples. They're going to use that little divot to come up or come through. They're going to use that terrain in a certain way, and you mm-hmm. just need to place yourself, you know, along it. I got a question for you, both of you guys. So, sitting in a blind, you both have done it, and I've never, never done that. Well, you're not missing out. Um, okay. I, I see most of these blacktails, in my opinion, the big ones that you're really getting, the guys that kill them in and, in, uh, in and out every year. There are a lot of times they're sitting over bait and they're getting those does to keep coming in there. Yep. What's your guys' take on that? I mean, if you want to do that, do it. I, yeah, you're right. Most of the guys that shoot good quality blacktails every year shoot are either in a tree stand over a bunch of friggin' apples right. or a blind or something. Man, that's the lame ass shit <laughs> to me. I mean, if you want to do it, I, I, dude, I don't I think res- there's anything wrong with it. I just no. was curious what you guys, it's if you guys have had me. success with it, especially well, yeah. in the late season. Who, who couldn't have success with a whole yeah. bunch of apples out there? <laughs> so I started, I mean. Anthony this, guilty? Yeah. Well, so this is a. It's a not a new, bad thing. Where the blind is now is a new spot to me as of May. Is the first like, I've been in there, but it's the first time I've really scouted it and right. really done any research in there. Well, we got two big ass apple trees in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, and they are dropping apples like crazy. Like you can't eat enough of them to keep up with it. So yeah, I was throwing them out there in front of that camera. Okay, why is he not hunting over his I'm apple not, tree? I'm not even. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have seen two nice bucks in the backyard. Yeah. Okay, well, see, so smoke them right from the porch and save yourself the trip. <laughs> and have coffee, be watching your Oprah. Nah, just leave the yeah. back door open, lean as, out. As soon as they went hard horn, they disappeared. But um, but here's the thing. For me, I I don't want to do it that way. Yeah, it's that's me. If you if if your success and you're cool with it and you love doing it that way, do it that way. You don't yeah. even need to call deer then. All you got to do is dump apples. The, yeah. As long as the does are coming to it, eventually he's going to show up. Right. And, and man, I don't fault anybody for doing stuff the way they want to do it. Yeah. I, I really don't. But that's not how I'm going to do you it. You know, I've been thinking about doing it the last couple of years, but just the same reason I don't do it for elk. I'm not getting that full experience. I'm not getting the bugles. I'd rather I'm not find them. The, Naturally. Well, I ain't packing no apples in to kill no elk. Screw that. <laughs> Do they even eat apples? I, so I don't know. I don't know. I know these deer well, tear yeah. those apples up. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. You this know time weird? It's pumpkins. I ha- what I have yeah, noticed I is uh, apple-scented things, they won't touch it. Really? Real apples? Yeah, those apples it ain't a real apple. Those apples don't make it a day yeah. or two. But So so they won't touch, they won't touch apple-scented things? Nope. Same as so your, why do we think that synthetic deer pee works? <laughs> marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marketing, Boom. yeah. Yeah. Let's think about it, guys. I mean, or seriously. They use you, the more aggressive whitetail as their marketing. Those of you that are listening to this podcast, really sit back and think about what we're talking about right now. Someone's going to hate you for this, but. I don't, you know. <laughs> someone. Uh, someone at some point has had success with it, and it could, it, you know, and that's going to be the end all factor. And that's great. And I'll tell you what, if you're going to hate me for that, go ahead and get in line because it's fucking huge. I got a bunch of other shit people hate me for. I'm yeah. not really worried if you're mad of me over deer pee or yeah. apple scented <laughs> products i don't, really don't care people um, get fired up about their deer piss well get, mm-hmm. get all mad about it we'll all get mad anyways <laughs> I mean, 
but you see where I'm going with it, yeah. though. That's why I the like real the, thing. The, the tarsal glands and the digital, you know, or the the orbital friggin' yeah. gland the on the front. You know, I saw a guy uh, hanging nut sacks in trees. Deer, yeah, I don't know why. Sacks. Because the, the nuts don't get no pee yeah. on them, no. I thought that was a little off-putting. I'm like, you just walking around in the woods and there's a deer sack hanging down the tree, <laughs> yeah. and it, and it, ma- it makes just, no sense. Uh, Has yeah. it in his cargo pocket? It, What's going on? Well, there? then, yeah, then you know, then there goes the fact that guy had to carry that deer sack yeah. down with him all day. Well, yeah, and and but for what though? Yeah. We all know the sense down between their legs. And if the guy really isn't sure, the next time you get a deer down, go ahead and stuff your nose up in his nuts Ew. and see if you get any odor. It's not there. It's mm. it's down between their legs. The metatarsal gland. That's it. Yeah. I think so that's what they call it. It's pointless to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of weird juju out there and a lot of weird theories and stuff. There is. You never know. You know what? If you shot a deer one time over apples yeah. and he made Pope and Young, then... Yeah. You know what? That that brings me to a rabbit hole. Hanging your hat on outliers. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the It happened once, so maybe it's a secret or something like that. You know, how many times right. have we all had experiences like, I can't believe that worked. Well, how do you know that worked? You know, how do you know? Dumb luck. It could be dumb luck. It is dumb you know? luck. So it's it, just it's just weird. But having continued success each year, there's got to be something to that. I killed a I killed a blacktail deer one time in blue jeans and a t-shirt, like maybe <laughs> ten times. Right yeah. when I didn't have all this stuff and do all this and go to the extra lengths, I had a rifle and I didn't need this camo crap. I yeah. drive around. Oh, there's one right there shooting from the truck. Yeah. I mean, you could do it, right? Does it make it? Sure, you, you could have a whim. You could, or maybe maybe there is some kind of secret to it. Yeah. I'm given what I know has worked, and and you can look at my track record. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's all I have to say. I'm not trying to bullshit. It's kind of like being in the military, right? Uh-huh. You got a DT DD two fourteen. All your records. You don't have to sit here and pretend you're a combat vet. It's right there, right? <laughs> I don't have to pretend that this works because it's right there and I'm talking about it on a podcast some of the secrets that's that's made us successful well that reminds me I want to say since this is beginning recorded a few days after Veterans Day thank you for your service oh geez you're welcome I know that's sweet (laughs) and we have a full-fledged officer here now too I was going to thank you the other day but then you posted that picture your ugly mug yeah 30 years ago, and I'm just like, I was a I didn't recognize you. Dude, 30 years ago, both of your you chicks were would be sitting you were right here. You were about as tan as <laughs> Anthony. Well, no kidding. They had me out in the damn <laughs> desert. Well, gee whiz. I was about as red, too, right before that. It just tans later. That's yeah, funny. I was a good, I was a strapping young man. I'll tell you, I'm not kidding. You guys wouldn't have wives. <laughs> but, you know, those <laughs> days are with a good time. That ship's uh, done, that out. sailed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So what I take away from this is that, <laughs> not this little last conversation, is that you are calling to these black tails like you would be a silent elk. You're setting up in a spot you don't know where anything is. You're just hoping. Well, setting I have up, a pretty good idea there's probably something. There. Yeah, and that's from years past. But, right. But, you know, I mean, like, you don't know. You're, you haven't no. spotted anything. No. You haven't heard anything. You're calling, setting up, and waiting. Essentially, is what I'm getting from right. it. So, because I've never and had you've got success. your shooter out, out in front of just you, just like elk hunting, just like an elk. Well, not that far, okay? Because I don't know how you guys set up when you're calling the elk, terrain. Usually, the terrain depends on the day. Yeah, <laughs> well, the terrain would dictate how far we the brush would mm-hmm. dictate how. Well, and like with elk, though, man, like, I might have a guy up. To, I can't even see him. 
and I don't care if I, I mean, can see him or when, not. When I know Shelby shot her bull this year, you were only first shot that bull 60 this year. Yards Could probably. you see her? Max. Well, when, when I first – because I had to take off. So mm-hmm. when I first called, I was maybe 20 yards. Yeah. But could you see her when the bull came in? No. Uh, yeah-ish. Um, I no. Think if, I think if you'd have looked – I think – I found this really thick, tiny clump of trees, I and I just went apeshit in there, and I had that bull <laughs> fired up. I'm usually not more than, boy, I don't know, 30, 40 yards. No, oh, I was farther than that. I mean, that. I don't get that far. I yeah. want to be able to see, because I want to be able to read his mannerisms, too. Hmm. Like, if he gets off, here's the thing. I mean, not all of us are just stone, <laughs> keep it cool. Like me? Like me. Oh, God. <laughs> Definitely like me. <laughs> Some people get all worked up like Moldy over here, and the minute <laughs> throw that, him under the, the bus, the minute that little doe comes through, he's all like, <laughs> and so you know when he's over there shaking, you know, oh my god, like he's got hypothermia, something probably well, about I'll, to go I'll down. I'll tell you, I had that bull coming in at a full sprint. Anthony got scared and had to wave him off. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> you waved the bull off. No. I was wondering if I was going to have to because at first he wasn't like running by us. Why he was he was running straight at me and he like trees that are like this tall. You know how normally they'll kind of weave. He was literally running them over. Well, I, wait a minute. I thought Anthony. I take on Anthony, man. You just bring on the gorilla. I'll wrestle him to the ground. You just thousand pound animals. A little bitty bull. Scared a little bitty bull. Yeah, I wish you were there, man. That bull was smoking hot. Holy smoked. Yeah, he well, finally got worked up. And yeah, it took four he, days. He, yeah, it took four days. That yeah. was the fourth morning. He'd finally had enough of us. Here's a question for you, speaking about that, because we were on that bull for four days. How often do you get back on the same buck? Boy, if you booger him, you Yeah, mean, if you blow it. I've never. They go nocturnal on I, your ass. I have. I no, personally haven't. I have, I have boogered one buck before. Um, during a rifle season with my kid, mm-hmm. um, he was behind the house before they logged all that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, whoa, man, we screwed that up. And it was kind of like her first time really hunting. So it just didn't work out. And he caught us moot walking through there. We'd kind of let our guard down. But I did see that buck in the late bow season. Actually called him in, but he never gave me a shot. Mm-hmm. So he never really went too far. But he never saw what he was looking for. He never gave me the shot I needed. And that's the last time I ever saw him. I don't know what happened to him. You know, I mean, I don't, I would have shot that buck at that point in my career because he was nice. But at this point, I probably, well, I don't even hunt that country anymore. Yeah. But I would let him go. You know what I mean? Age, class, knowing what I know. I wouldn't have shot him now, but then I would have. Hmm. I mean, then I'd have shot any dang thing, fork and horn, (laughs) honestly. Yeah. I mean, I was. Just glad to have opportunities. Really. Interesting. I've so. always wondered, you know, like after, um, you know, to parallel that to a steelhead, like, you know, how many times does a fish get caught that goes up the river each year, like a steelhead or a salmon? I've caught them with hooks in their mouth, you know, oh, yeah. so I know they get caught more than once, but, but you know, is, would a, a black tail get caught more than once? A fish is not a deer. No. You know, I mean, the intelligence level is totally <laughs> different. It, right. it is. I mean, so right. you got to think about that. And depending on how you bust him, it sets the course for the rest of his life. Yeah. If you bust him with rattling antlers and he came into that and then all of a sudden he sees old Anthony over here, oh man, here's mm-hmm. a deer. And he looks at that and he's like, oh, He's never, ever, ever again probably going to approach like that. Mm. They learn. They I hold mean, on to it. Yep. Well, yeah. 
I mean, I mean they have to, or they're dead. Right. You think about these bucks that have adapted to crawling on their knees. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Where they go through the brush, their knees are just pads and green from moss and just. I've seen, I've seen deer. That. I've seen deer slow creep. You know. Oh yeah. And they think you're not looking, they'll barely move. And it's mm-hmm. you, smart son of a gun. Like, yeah. I know. I see you, and I see what you're doing. Or as soon as you turn their head or turn your back, yeah, they're, where they're did gone. You, where yep. did you learn to do that? Yep. And usually they're big four points. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're too smart. They do all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean. So uh, weather snaps. Um, you know, we've had some 26 degree, 25 degree days. Uh, what's weather do for you during the rep? I mean, I've, dude, I've had some good days no matter what it was doing. Uh-huh. I, I used to think cold and clear. You If you get it where it's frosty and like clear, it's yeah. like it's been it's great, and really? and I still think it is. But I've had great success in more open stuff, like uh, right on the edge of clear cuts or mm-hmm. in clear cuts when it's ultra windy. Yeah, you know they don't want to be in the timber, elk. so they go out into that opening, <laughs> and here they are, and they still want to rut. We're talking but, probably thirty, forty mile an hour winds, though. I mean, oh that's, yeah, it's, it's usually not just big a ten wind. mile an hour wind, like big enough that one Shit's year, falling. one year I missed a friggin' deer like three times because of the wind. Oh really? But he never heard nothing. It mm. was so windy, he didn't even know I was shooting at yeah. him. And so snow, I love it if it's snowing, especially if it's if it's snowed and it's fresh and it's kind of, you know, that quiet. The quiet snow, the powdery. Know, the quiet, powdery stuff. You've got good traction. Okay, well, they were here. Mm-hmm. It, it just started snowing this morning or whatever. They were just here. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps you get a little bit. You can cover some ground and, and, and shorten up the distance, and maybe it'll help when you go to call them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really think. I mean, they got to live in it. Right. So I wouldn't worry about what the weather is. But it seems like I've seen probably g- really good rut activity on times when it's cold and clear. Hmm. We've had really you know. good days raining, obviously, blacktail rain. You sure, know? yeah. And I think that's a little bit different for whitetail guys because they're always not – and I may be wrong here, but it seems like a lot of the whitetail guys are the, the nicer um, – or maybe in the early season, but when they get rain, they don't – they don't seem as active as our blacktail do. Uh, the Columbia whitetails don't want to really be out in it. Really? I don't know why. They just don't. You know, you'd think they'd be the same as a black. They live in you'd it. You'd think, yeah. But they're not. They, they'll they'll hold up when it's raining for yeah. whatever reason. Um, yeah. But the rain for the blacktails. Well, okay, well, the difference between a Columbia whitetail and a blacktail is a lot of times these, these whitetails, they kind of want to lay in some open stuff, hmm. right? Down in the grassy stuff. Poison you oak. You know, poison oak or briar patches where it's relatively open they can see Mm -hmm. right and then they hunker way down blacktails are staying up in the timber so when you get rain and let's there's still leaves and stuff all that stuff's making noise it's almost like it being a super windy day Mm -hmm. right it gets them up it gets them moving they can't hear stuff they need to be able to see it so they're going to get up they're going to look they're going to get the wind right and they're going to go well i'll tell you in in the this is just my theory. You can tell me if I, I might have said this in the last podcast for blacktails is when it's raining, you know, the deer rely obviously on their senses to stay alive. When it's raining, they lose hearing, they lose smell because all the flowers, plants, trees, they all start getting a little bit more pungent. You can just smell the rain. Mm, see, but, but scent sticks better when it's wet. Yeah. Okay. So what's something that you see a dog or a, a, a dog's nose is always wet. Hmm. 
when deer are rutting, they're constantly licking their nose. Yep. If you look at deer that are in full rut, a lot of times they'll have little gray spots because they've li- literally licked the color hmm. off of their nose. They've licked it that much. It'll turn pink. Hmm. I wish I would have took some pictures of some of the bucks off the ranch this year because they were at that point. Where, really? Uh, look at that pink spot. He just licked it until it turned pink. So they're constantly licking because that moisture helps scent molecules stick. Interesting. So that's a good way to get busted too when it's wet out you're leaving all kinds of scent and it's staying Hmm. you've heard the theory it's hard for a dog to pick up a cougar track when it's dry right have you ever heard that i heard that the other day okay so it's really hard for them because dry out there's nothing there's no moisture to hold the scent molecules same thing that's what they do because that's how the wind blows and then it's bouncing off of every little crease and crevice so it may be going like this and then all of a sudden it just blows back this direction but he's cruising, cutting lines, looking for which one she's on. And once he finds it, he's going to go up that wind channel till he finds the doe. Mm. That's what they're doing. Okay. It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy to figure out. If you don't believe me, watch them enough times, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So like Anthony said, they're going to come side hill, either from this side, this side. It doesn't matter. They're coming from some way and they're going to use this bench. They're all going to cross over these little saddles. What I generally like to do is if it's brushy enough, I want to be set up. Let's say, you know, I know like Anthony's talking, they're coming from here and they're coming down and then they're going to go through here. I want to be set up here so I can see that. And I want my shooter here because this, the reason they're doing this is because you've got wind coming up like this, right? They're walking in. Or you've got wind coming in from their back. Let me rephrase what they're walking in where they can see and the wind's coming from their back, right? Generally. Every morning I've been in there, the wind is, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Right. They, they typically come from above the blind. And right. yeah, the wind's usually blowing. Right. With so them. That's, that's the way they want to travel because they can't see behind them, but they can see in front of them. So, you know, if, if I'm here and I'm calling him and he's coming down, I'm going to see him before my shooter does. So I should be able to give him a heads up. Hey, something's coming Hmm. and that thing's going to come and he's going to do just like what he wants to do. If he doesn't see me from here, he's more than likely going to come down here and try and get up underneath me and win me. Hmm. Now, so what I'm hoping for is that my partner has seen him do that. And now he can give me a heads up and I'm going to actually spin around quiet as I can and hopefully shoot this sucker somewhere in here before he gets here because the wind's going to screw me. Hmm. But you see how I'm setting it up? The wind's going to be coming a certain way. All you got to do is get your shooter out of that wind channel and you get below it because you know the deer are coming this way or you assume they're going to. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can give him a heads up. Heads up is, it, it, dude, it makes all the difference in the world. It's the difference between, hey, I know something's coming, or, oh, my God, there's a deer right there, and now you got to move. If he knows something's coming, he can be adjusted. He can be at full draw. He may have to let down. It just depends on what the deer is doing, if it's mm-hmm. taking its time or not. But more than likely, you know, if I got the orange, that means get ready here he comes and he's going to come broadside. I'm going to try and stop him, you know, grunt, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be looking at me and he's going to get laced. Hmm. That win, makes win. sense. That makes sense. Now it's my turn, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? So you're trying to screw him over that way. And you always got to know 
they're going to be they're going to have the wind whatever direction they're going that wind's going to be at their back generally you know if they're coming through stuff like this you know obviously if he's checking wind channels he ain't paying attention to no wind hmm. you see what i'm saying but let's say you're up here calling and this deer's running along this cutting line and he hears you you're already at a disadvantage you're already screwed because he's just going to keep on coming you may never even see him you may have seen him over here messing right on the edge of the clear cut but he hears you he's not going to come up here he already knows the wind's blowing down he's going to come right up underneath you hmm. you whatever you do you have to make sure that you have wind in your face because it's not going to be in theirs it's usually going to be at their rear really okay you know, well, that always makes sense. I mean, hunting with the wind in your face, right? But there's a, there's more of a of a uh, science to why on their end. Yes, there's definitely important. more of a science. The other thing I'll say too is, let's say they're out in the open and they're coming into timber. You've you've watched elk do this. Generally in the morning, the wind's pushing downhill. Right. Elk can't see deer can't see in that thick ass timber. So guess where they're doing now? They're going uphill into the wind. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of make sure that you're in a good spot no matter what, you know, and, and you're below wherever they're going to be. If that wind's coming down, obviously as the thermals rise, the wind switches and blah, 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 blah. The other problem with this is sometimes on some of these, you can get some switchy, screwy wind and on the benches, on the benches. My suggestion is if it's switchy and screwy that day, don't hunt it, go somewhere else, Hmm. have more than one setup picked out. Yeah. But these these kind of things are great. Also, if, you know, saddles, anywhere where it dips in like that, any kind of terrain feature where you have a spot where deer can basically feel like they're covered, it's a great place to set up. You know, maybe you've got a collar down here low, but this guy has better wind, so he's going to sit up a little bit higher on this ridge and maybe have an elevated shot down at the deer. It just depends. You're gonna, I can't tell you what it looks like unless I'm standing there. Mm-hmm. I can just tell you what we look for um, and places we've been. Transition areas, we'll go over that real quick. Um, so what I'm talking about when I say a transition area. Yeah, just rip that freaking thing off there. Well, I don't want to rip it off the wall. When I talk about a transition area, um, (laughs) (laughs) so this is all timber, right? All this bull stuff is timber. It's going to... Those are duck furs. We'll say that, yeah, (laughs) these are duck furs and viney maples, and that's about what it looks like. And this is about how much of your deer you're going to see. Anyways, (laughs) um, so then it'll open up, usually into a little bit bigger stuff. It'll be a little less dense. Okay, and then down here is feeding area. Open. Okay. It's it's more open. So a lot of times it's units or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So these deer are going to feed in here. Let's say they're feeding in here in the dark. They're going to head back up to bed down. You want to be hunting them, or I want to be hunting them right along this. Okay, if if you can get in there, Hunt them in this open stuff. Be down in here. But you're more likely to get busted because you don't have the freedom of movement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, when, as when you're concealed. So if I know they're bedding up in here, let's say there's a little bench here, and I know they bed up right there, right? And I know I got the wind going uphill, and it's going to switch. So I can get in there now because it's going uphill in the afternoon. 
So I'm going to slide up in there. What I want to do is I want to position my shooter guy. I'm going to try and, <clears throat> when the wind starts blowing downhill, they're going to want to get below the guy that's calling because they're probably not going to see you, right? So I'm going to want to position here. The wind's going to be coming like this, right? Mm -hmm. He's probably not going to come directly to you. He's going to meander around. If he can't see you because it's so thick, his what he's going to do is he's going to come and try and come down like this. Most This is what most of them do that I've noticed, is they'll come well down below you and try and catch that wind. I want my shooter somewhere here. I want him to be able to see me, but I want to try and pull that deer in between us. So he's got that shot somewhere in here. Okay. Doesn't always work. Right. But that's my goal. Right. You know what I mean? And so sometimes sometimes they come clear around here. Boom, busted. Yeah. You see what I mean? Sometimes they come right up here and you don't even hear them. And they come around like this. And then all of a sudden your buddy's like, oh, my God. And too late. <laughs> boom. Underneath you. Busted. Gone. Yeah. You know, it just. But the goal is to try and. Fool them enough to get them to swing around. Deer like to J-hook people. Have you ever noticed yeah. that? When they get out of sight or something, they want to turn Same left like or right. Same like a bull. You know, right. it seems things that they're always trying to hook yeah. around you. So that's what your goal is, is to get them to hook around you to come and get the wind, and your buddy's laying in wait right there. Hmm. But you still want that visual so you can give him a heads up if you see him or if he sees something that you don't see. Interesting. I see so, a lot of stark contrast as to elk hunting here mm -hmm. you know it's just like man it's similar i mean it may not work for everybody if it doesn't work for you go ahead like i said get in line get mad at me i don't really yeah. care this has been some of the stuff that's really helped us out and getting off the banging clang and rattling and going to you know a little bit lighter tactics and actually using real scent yeah I mean, I think the real scent thing would be one of the bigger. Do I need to draw anything else? Does that help? <laughs> if you look at it, it's it's a bald eagle going down into a lake grabbing a trout. <laughs> what? <Okay. laughs> All right. Uh, but no, I, that 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 makes a lot of sense, and and you know, it just seems like finding the area would be the biggest challenge. You finding the the absolutely the bench with the spot and the transition area, and, and finding that. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think the biggest thing is, is that first off, you got to know where your a deer population is, yeah. where you feel confident. Okay, there's plenty of deer in a given area that I can have that right. Mm -hmm. So if you know it's loaded with deer, you need to be looking at a topo map. If you don't know how to read a topo map, figure <laughs> it out. Yeah, it's huge. Everybody, I mean, God, it's moron should be able to read these things well, with now, the onyx maps and everything there's really no excuse yeah, not to know really, the area there really isn't right. i obviously was trained how to read topo maps right in the military but it, it i the first time i was ever handed one i was like oh i totally i can look at that yeah oh we're right here yeah you know so it, it's really pretty easy with that or onyx or whatever mm -hmm. you're gonna already have those spots that are possibilities the next trick is to get in there and know the wind and how it works and what conditions and actually put a visual on it. These are things that I like to do when I'm not hunting, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to, oh, my God, I'm going to go into this spot that I've never been into. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. <laughs> right. And that's what I used to do. But, you right. know, more often than not, you're going in there blind and you don't know where you need to be set up or what's going to work. And or a lot of times there. you screw it up and be like, God, you know, if I had a set up over there. Yeah. So if I go and do this. 
I generally like to do it right after season ends. Like, I can't do anything, but I may as well go in there and look because no harm, no foul. They got a year to get over me being in there. Right. But it's also the freshest stuff, man. You, you're you right there on top. It's season just ended yesterday. Now I can go in there and molest it, and so what? Right. Right. And so you've seen what they've been doing all this last month. And so next year I'm going to set up here, and I'm going to set up there, man. Sometimes I even stick a little piece of flagging tape. This is where – I want to, you know, yeah, and just set myself up for the next year. And this is on new spots. If I've hunted the place, obviously, several times, you mm. know. Now, for guys that are wondering if they're having good success, what would you consider a good success rate for? And I know we at, we went over that in the last podcast, but what would you consider a good success rate for actually having a buck come in? Uh, you know, it just depends on how many setups you do a day. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're working with less light, so you don't have as much time. But if you're doing it right and you're in a place where there's plenty of bucks, I honestly think that you should be able to at least call in one deer a day. Really? You should be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I went out with uh, a state trooper. Well, he was a he's a, he's still he's still a state trooper, but at the time he was a game cop, and uh, he asked if I'd go deer hunting with him, and I said, "Sure, let's do it." And so I took him to a place where I knew there was pretty good deer population, and we saw fair movement. We rattled real light at one spot, nothing. We went along a cutting line, which I've had success sometimes, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. We did a little bit of call on a couple sequences, nothing. And we were going along, and it, there was quite a bit of snow on the ground. I said, you know, I want to try this spot that, you know, there's a lot of deer tracks in here. Let's just go. So we walked around in the snow a little bit. Never been in it. Mm-hmm. And I looked at a spot, and I said, you set up right here. I'm going to get back in here, and we're going to try it. And you cannot freaking move because you're going to get nailed. So you just got to keep your stuff together only move when he can't see you mm-hmm. or move when he's moving type thing, right? I barely got the tending grunt. I did exactly what I, I did earlier. A little short doe bleat, tending grunt, drug the antlers across the top. Mm-hmm. It wasn't seconds. I see his. I just see him move mm-hmm. a certain way, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, something's going down. And then I hear the deer blow, mm. and I'm like, and it's a buck. It ain't a doe because he didn't just keep on blowing. And, you know, they sound different anyway. I'm like, oh, fuck, no way. Hmm. So, anyways, it didn't work out. He comes back. He's like, that's the biggest damn blacktail I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And how did you do that? And uh-huh. I was like, total gut instinct. I just had an idea that this looks like there's got to be one in here close. Whether he's going to hear me or not, I don't know, but I'm going to try it. And mm-hmm. it worked. So, in that day, we set up three different times, had one come in. Hmm. You know, I so mean, if we so, have one come in, it's a best day ever, you know, for well, us. I mean, yeah, I, d- that's because again, think about how you've been doing it. It's yeah. always been rattling. Right. You're relying on those about antlers. 100% literally rattling. You're relying on somebody to be like, Oh, Anthony over here, always looking for a fight, always looking <laughs> to get into some shit. You know what I mean? Probably cause he ain't had his ass kicked enough times. <laughs> but these deer, it's different, right? Yeah. So, that's why I'm trying to tell, man, think outside the box. Try it a little different and try and sound more natural. We're, they're blacktails. They're not as a- aggressive. Don't rattle the horns every time, mm-hmm. especially right now, especially now, because I think they're past that. I think they're moving on to looking for those does that are ready. Mm-hmm. And if you can 
use all the tricks in your hat, including the scents and the mock scrape or uh, not rubs and setting up where you need to be along with the vocalizations. Dude, you up your odds. You up your game. Hmm. Think about it. You, you've went from one method to having five five different ways to screwing. Yeah. Plus, if you're using a partner and you're doing like we just showed, now you've even given yourself another advantage, right? Because once he's tagged out, it's your turn. Or whoever flips the coin. I don't know how y'all do it. I mean, Well, we just imagine going argue. into the woods and using for elk and using raking as your only tool. That's it. Yeah. That that's a perfect example. Yeah. I got one single one trick. single single plate ivory freaking primo salt call and that's all I got. Yeah. And I can't snap, pop, do nothing else. I just Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, good luck. You're limited. You're gonna have to find that one special bowl. And and we have we have cheated ourselves all these years to smack and rattling bags yeah. or whatever else sitting out there. You know, this <laughs> thing like don't even duck. it don't even work half the time the way it's supposed to work. That's yeah. why I blow through it, right? And n- not being versatile in our grunt tubes. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But you know, I showed this last time. Yeah, you did. Clips on the lapel, and you. I want to get the picture of that this. You time, know, though. I mean, this is. Did you not get a picture of this? I don't think I. If I did, I didn't post. What it. was this called? I can't remember because the bow grunter. Yeah, this is the bow. Gr- <laughs> You ain't got one of these. Nope. You know why you ain't got one of these? <laughs> you can get it on Amazon. No, because you're too young. You don't know about shit like this. All right, let's this see. This is it. old man stuff. Bust so, that out real quick. You know, you can have this thing hooked up on. It's got two little pins, you know, so you can hook it up on your gear. Okay. You have that thing clear up here, and you, you actually inhale through the tube. Really? You don't blow through it. You inhale. You're pulling on it. Oh, okay. So... And it's hooked up on your gear, leaves you hands free, you know. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, look how natural I look using that. Yeah, it's awkward. You're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Body. Uh, I don't know whether you really need one of these snort wheezes. I'm going to work really hard on perfecting what I heard. If I can do it, I'm going to. I'm going to start using it. But again, I think you're more successful using it early. Huh. Whether it's rifle season or, you know, that very first weekend you, you're able to bow hunt, either mm. in the coast or Cascade Range. Really? I don't think that they're – I think once they get into where, where I like to hunt them, in that later stage of the rut where they're standing with the does, I don't think the Snorweez is going to do it, – it's not going to do you no good. Okay. I just don't think it, it is. Hmm. So, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. Well, it, you know, it's, never it's always worth trying if you if nothing else is working. Why not? I mean, yeah. we all get stuck in these ruts, and that's why that's I it. love seeing new things. And uh, I'm going to go out and buy one of those cans tomorrow. My dad, my dad and I were going to go out tonight, and then, um, and I was like, no, we got a podcast. But tomorrow we could definitely try and go out for at least an evening hunt. And uh, I don't know if I'll bring a rack. I'll probably just bring you know the the doe bleat and a grunt and just see what it does. Yeah, and just bring bring one antler. That's yeah. all you need, you know. That, that'll, that keep way you from, can that'll keep me from using ground. them. It'll keep me from. Uh, It'll keep you from rattling, smacking them together. But you can, you can you can tear up some trees. Yeah. With these, you can drag them across like he's walking through tight stuff. To yeah. Come, you know, I mean, that that's all part of the rouge. It 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 all is. If you use all these, I know it will work. Hmm. 
I know for a fact it will work. Whether you can get it to work or not, don't know. Yeah. You know, it, it's a patience game, too. You got to be willing to you, fail. Well, yeah. And and you guys are what? You you guys aren't 30 yet. You're not 29. Yeah. So, God. dude, huge difference. Honestly, not poking fun because I was there. Mm-hmm. Huge difference between being 29 years old and being 47 years old. I didn't even start really getting it till I was probably like 35, whatever. I still, I had a black beard. You remember that? <laughs> I still had black in this helmet. It wasn't gray. So, and it finally kind of dawned on me like, whoa, you know, if I do that, that worked. Yeah. And that was totally different than anything I'd ever done. And it was more like what a deer should do. And then I just kept doing it. And guess what? Nobody else was. How'd you stumble into that? Yeah. I just, you know, I got to thinking about it. We're sitting here. Sounding so much like a real elk trying to imitate elk coming in. It always go, always goes back to elk, and I hate that because I'm like the world's <laughs> worst elk hunter. Although I did kill a bull this year, did you? Yeah. Hey, raise your hand if you kill the bull. <laughs> That's almost not fair. I got a total of about seven hours to hunt for myself. Hey, and that's I all did. I needed. I needed two. I did almost I make it happen. I needed two hours. Yeah. Blind squirrel. That's weird. Huh. Tyler, you know, uh, I'm not even going to tell you. I'm just going to shove the knife, and then I'm going to twist it a little bit. And so we killed a bull. <laughs> Anthony, you didn't? Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Uh, a few hours, almost killed so him with my recurve. Dirty tread. Oh, Wheel. whatever. Wheel almost. Bows. Almost. Here we go. Wheel Are you talking about hand grenades here? Yeah. And horseshoes, <laughs> evidently. I but talk yeah. crap, but my buck was killed with a compound. So, but think about <laughs> it. We we've been using bugles, and people been busting stuff up and raking, raking trees, trees yep. and doing all kinds of stuff. And how come we just been flipping the can over, burp, burp, and beating these rattle bags to death? Plastic ash that's not real mm-hmm. and it's not working. Right. And why are we rattling when that phase of the rut's already passed? Why are we still doing it? I mean, it's not understanding it. That's just it. You know and why? I'm just as because guilty as anyone you plug else. It, you, you go to YouTube, you go to Primo's videos. I, I'm not dogging it. You guys hate on me when I say this, but it's the reality. And you watch that shit till you're blue in the face. And guess right. what you're not doing? You're not getting out in the woods and, and getting around this wildlife and seeing what's really going getting on. Getting your own. You're not getting your own. Yeah. I mean, these guys aren't on here telling you how to do it. They're showing you what they did. Right. Well, so, and, and to be fair, know, too, we're also talking about a subspecies of deer that lives in a small area compared to whitetail and elk. And absolutely. those other animals are priorities because right. more people can hunt them. Right. I, I'll tell you what. I don't hear a lot of people talk about calling in mule deer, but I know it's got to be possible. <laughs> I know. I've done you it know, with a predator call. There you go. Just wailing on that thing, and we called in eight does from literally probably 800 to 1,000 yards. They came running all the way up to 100. Just So there's ways to call in mule I, deer. I you know, still can't explain it. I mean, I don't know what But unfortunately, we don't get a rut mule deer hunt that we can hunt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are a couple. I'm going. Couple. I'll just bring you in my pocket. Going to Idaho. I'll just bring you in my pocket. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. So you gonna have you go over here and I'll you haul call. your ass over there if you call. You, you call <laughs> over here. Don't worry about those big things like that that you see. That that's not a wolf. That's not a wolf. You, you, you we actually there. heard wolves when we went over there. You I did. Yeah, we heard and. one, and it was the second morning. And then uh, we killed a killed a buck. I think the second or third day. And then we went back in there and we're like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to smoke a wolf if I see one in here. And we never Heck did. Yeah. We never did. 
Wow. But we definitely heard it was like a way too big for a coyote. I mean, way too deep. And it was, you could hear that thing. I guarantee you, he had to be a mile away, but you could still hear it. It is crazy. Never heard anything like that in my life. Yeah, I've never heard one. Yeah. I mean, on TV. It was like, it, was, well, yeah, it wasn't like the typical, woo. It was, it was different, but it wasn't right. a coyote. Sure as hell wasn't a coyote. Ryan has video of them in the Eagle Caps this year. Really? They, they spotted them, some wolves in the Eagle Caps, and yeah. He has video of them going going off, and it starts really low and like slow, kind mm-hmm. of, and then it builds up. Really? Like full on hell. Like, you know, coyote will just start like yipping. Yep. These things just start like, and then it builds up. Interesting. Idaho was the shit when we went over there. You can drive 80 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Beautiful country. Great yep. roads. Even the, even all the all the off-roads are nice. Great. Yep. Yeah. Are. Yep. And I one guy's to. like, oh, don't go down that road. It's real nice. I'm like, dude, that's not even half as bad as an Oregon, yeah, eastern Oregon road. Mm-hmm. I drove, it's crazy. I drove my wife. We went over there for our honeymoon. We went to that pack goat, Randy, and I, oh, yeah, I was yeah, telling yeah. you about uh-huh. Man, I was driving her car on stuff where you wouldn't do that in Oregon because it's done. It's a rav. You'd bury yeah. it. It'd be gone. Yeah, you'd never get it back. <laughs> so, forget focusing on where somebody who's successful is hunting. That is the dumbest thing you can do. <laughs> the smartest thing you can do is find a spot that you know there are deer yeah. and go practice tactics. Tactics. Yeah. I'm worried about having that sticker on my truck. What sticker? <laughs> on point podcast sticker why is that because i have a bright ass blue purple or a blue tacoma Mm -hmm. and i have a podcast sticker so and i had good success this year yeah so now you're worried that everybody's gonna see your stuff i know it sounds maybe a little cocky how how is that any less than when some little arrogant prick walks up to you (laughs) at the sportsman show and is like hey i might know somebody that knows somebody that knows where you hunt and i have a map (laughs) on my mother and phone <laughs> know anybody that who too. that is i did that to him one year yeah <laughs> you know and what i thought was like I'll who, sh- gives, who I'll, gives a shit i'll show you when, we, when we're <laughs> that's funny here. you can show anybody you want <laughs> thing is how many deer you killed out of there i don't hunt none goose egg <laughs> so shut your butt up you still gotta yeah. do it you can know everything you want to know yeah. boots on the ground get it done doing it gets it done yeah. you can watch you can listen to every podcast. You can watch every YouTube. You can have every Primos video. Yeah. You can go to Anthony and get my map collection. He's probably <laughs> going to start selling it at, what is it, Dirty Trad? <laughs> you know, Wayne's fucking personal map collection, whatever. <laughs> you can have that. Yeah. It's not going to do you any good if you don't get out there and try it. Right. You just got to try it. And if it's not working, try it somewhere else or just change it up a little bit. Just do something a little different, you yeah. know. We're gonna have to go out this year, maybe, and and I can watch you in action, film you, and maybe watch you. You got a tag? No, I'm uh, I'm tagged out. Oh, that's how fucking we, good I am. <laughs> okay, that is. We, <laughs> yeah, I, all these guys are posting. Uh, I can't how wait. Stupid till is this? What late season blacktail? I'm like, man. And the screw three of you guys. The, I know. The three of us that's what I'm here. thinking too, actually. <laughs> yeah, talking all this late season stuff, and the three of us were done in yeah. September. <laughs> yeah, that's None the, that's the worst year. part. But you know what? On an ending note, with that, yes, a buddy of mine's kid drew interstate. Mm-hmm. So. I at least get to go over there and help out. So if You're if I'm not doing anything else, I'm just going to be gl- – no, hell no. It's, it's pretty a, open It's a rifle there. hunt in the rut. I'm going to be sitting behind glass. I hope you guys don't come like, back with anything nope. less than a 150, nope. 160. What? 
I hope you guys come back with something over 160. Yeah, we're not even looking at those. Oh, good. I might as well be I will slap that child. <laughs> we you are, put your time in. You're 180 plus. I think so. I mean, well, and, I know and, so. you know, you just well, – you're on the Patience you're, is you're on there. there. Yeah. You're on the migration there. Well, yeah. And, you know, that. So uh, you guys probably don't know this kid, but he's won my big buck contest a couple of times, and he has some giant – is it the giant little, is it black. The, well, I hope he comes back with a fork and horn. Is then. it the little skinny kid with glasses? <laughs> no. Oh. He don't wear no glasses, and he's not little anymore. I call him a kid. You know, when he first started hunting and showing up, bringing, you know, his, I've known his dad quite a while, and he would bring bucks that the kid has killed, and they're they're just like, one, he's got a couple of 150 class. Blacktails? Yes. Are you kidding me? No, he got them during a youth hunt that's crazy and killed some giant bucks you live down in one of the best this youth, hunt, youth hunts in, in the state in my opinion i live down in yeah. one of them mm-hmm. i do it's a sleeper tag i'll tell you about it after the podcast oh i know it i know where you're talking it's about a tiny little just, area just up the road from me yep yeah I, sleeper I, tag it is and there are i've mounted like three that have mm-hmm. kids about 140 plus yes yep Every one of them has been over 130. I know that yep. much. Sleeper yeah. tag. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, and I don't know how many deer are in there, but, boy, they kill them. They kill good ones. It doesn't get hunted because they don't allow it except for that. Right. I knew that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, anyways, I'm pretty stoked to be a, This is the closest I'm ever going to get to a mule yeah. deer rut. So, I get to go mm-hmm. in Go to least. Idaho to next year with me. Well, I might. You know, uh, some, the, somebody don't invite a dude. <laughs> I know. I think you're scared. I think you'd be like, I just want you to. going to kill a 180 and I ain't going to get nothing. <laughs> I, I just know I can outrun that. your ass in case we get chased by wolves. Yeah, guaranteed you could. I'm old and fat. <laughs> I wouldn't even try and run. I mean, I'm not. What, Stand there with a knife and one obviously hand. Obviously, he doesn't really know me, right? As soon as <laughs> I'm going to let him get that break and then I'm going to clip his ass <laughs> and leave a blood trail. They're just going to come off of me and go, you see, I mean. Garrett. I'll be gone. <laughs> you'll, you'll be gimping. <laughs> I'll be gimping. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, all right, guys. Well, we'll see you on the next one. I appreciate you listening. You guys want to say bye? Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Great. <laughs> see ya. All right, guys, that's this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, Wayne and Anthony, for coming on to the show. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And as always, give us a five-star review. Give me a comment along with that. Get yourself entered in these giveaways. Be sure to follow me on Instagram because I do more probably giveaways on Instagram than I do uh, through through this platform. So follow me on Instagram at Allen Point with Garrett Weaver, and that's how you'll find me on there. And then also subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's blowing up right now with the, with the bow reviews and all that stuff. People are really eating those up. I try to do the most neutral, unbiased reviews where I take real just real-world results using speed chronographs, uh, different weight of, of heavy arrows, light arrows, and just really give a real-world result uh, of what these bows are putting out for speeds and, and how the draw cycles are compared and, and all this other stuff. So check that out. Those are really popular videos right now. And then also, again, please check out the On Point podcast. Get yourself some On Point gear. The OP hats that I have out right now uh, are really, really, they're doing well. Uh, people really love when they finally get to see one in person. Uh, you know, they look slick. I mean, there's no stitching on the leather. It's used with a, uh, with a very cool uh, heat compound glue that um, the guy here locally figured out how to do it after bunches of trial and error, has found out a way to heat press these patches onto these hats, and they look really slick. Got tons of different colors, um, 112s and, and 115s for folks with uh, smaller heads like me, um, and then window decals, and I have more stickers coming that are a lot smaller, um, 
OP uh, emblem stickers. So lots of cool stuff coming out there. Uh, shirts are out of stock. We're working at getting those back in. But as always, guys, appreciate the support, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.